This time on episode 332 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Iron Fist Season 2, Episode 7, Morning of the Mindstorm, and Season 2, Episode 8, Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance, and Weekly Marvel News. I'm David S. Dawson from The Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life. Part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Sunday, May 17th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record, and we can talk to you all about how we are in the bus right now. We'll talk about that later. Michelle, happy National Walnut Day. Great. Walnuts are good. That's what I thought, too, and I was just going to pass this one by, but as it turns out, the Walnut Marketing Board created the first National Walnut Day in June of 1949 to promote the consumption of walnuts. So this has been going on for almost 70 years. Wow. I mean, I know they're good in cake and stuff. Yeah. That's all I, I, I eat walnuts and desserts. I know they're supposed to have like some sort of healthy salad application, but I'm not aware of that. I just know walnuts and dessert. <laughs> right. I, I, Yeah. That's it. So if you're interested in walnuts, we've got a day for you. It is May 17, 2020. All right. I think that's enough of walnuts for the day. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series like Iron Fist, which we will discuss today, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of day drinking. If you'd like to talk to us about spending the entire day at a bar that smells like piss, you can catch our contact information on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail whether you're sober or intoxicated by calling 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. Drunk voicemails would be cool. And you can leave us a message on what is your favorite day drink on our Facebook page at Legends of Shield Podcast. You should not tweet while drunk, but you can also find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can leave us a comment on our YouTube channel about day drinking at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud day drinking member of the gunnageek.com network. All right, so it's just the two of us today. Agent Haley is not with us and agent lauren is still having some issues we're hoping to have her back for the agents of shield season premiere which our first episode will be streamed live on that on thursday may 28th at 9 p.m eastern right yes all right i remember that so with that we're going to get into the rest of the episode Iron Fist Season 2, Episode 7, Morning of the Mindstorm, and Season 2, Episode 8, Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance, premiered on Netflix with the rest of the second season on September 7th, 2018. Morning of the Mindstorm was directed by Steven Surjek, who has 62 directing credits starting in 1985. I love this list. One episode of The X-Files, 10 episodes of Da Vinci's Inquest, one episode of Eureka, seven episodes of Psych, 10 episodes of Burn Notice. And for those that have not had the opportunity to watch Burn Notice, it was a popcorn show, 
but they stuck the landing. And that is the most important thing about a popcorn show, in my opinion. Seven episodes of Person of Interest, which was a great series. And I think they stuck the landing as good as they could, given the subject matter that they had. But I enjoyed watching the series. One episode of The Defenders, one episode of The Punisher, two episodes of Luke Cage, two episodes of Iron Fist, four episodes of Daredevil, one episode of The Runaways, which we have already watched, three episodes of The Gifted, which I've watched and I think Michelle has as well, three episodes of Jessica Jones, three episodes of Lost in Space, still got to catch season two, and two episodes of The Witcher, which I know Michelle loves. I liked it. I hope it improves. I think it's been renewed. I hope they don't do the three time switches in an episode sort of deal. But otherwise, it's a good, it's a decent show. I liked it. And it had that song, which now I'm thinking of. Great. You're welcome. And we'll move on to the writer for the episode of Morning of the Mindstorm was Rebecca Dameron, who has eight writing credits starting in 2007 including one episode of Dirt, eight episodes of Army Wives, two episodes of the following, one episode of Killer Women, one episode of Gotham, which I know that Michelle also liked, two episodes of Training Day, one episode of Iron Fist, and one episode of Treadstone. Michelle, why don't you run down the creative team behind the second episode we're going to discuss today, Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance. This episode is directed by Julian Holmes, has 35 directing credits starting in 1982 including 11 episodes of EastEnders, three No Angels, three of Honest, five episodes of Law and Order UK, six Strike Back, one of Class, one Iron Fist, one Daredevil, two Outlander, one Suits, and one episode of Impulse. This episode was written by Melissa Glenn, seven writing credits starting in 2008, including five episodes of Leverage, three Hawaii Five-0, three Revolution, one Falling Skies, five Beauty and the Beast, and that's the CW version. Eight episodes of Zoo, one Iron Fist. The season two showrunner of Iron Fist was Raven Metzner. And this is based on the Marvel comic by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. As we often do, we talk about the themes of the episode related to the title of the episode. I'm going to take the first one, at least the first shot of the first one. Morning of the Mindstorm was the title of the episode. And I think that it was titled Morning of the Mindstorm because. The pacing of the episodes puts you into a mind storm and possibly leads you to go to sleep until the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be some sort of like day after Danny's recovering. Everything's a storm in the mind, contemplating, who am I? What is the Iron Fist? Whatever. It was a lot. It was a lot of exposition and they took the time to do a fast forward for i don't know a week or so i'm not sure how long but it it definitely wasn't the next day because danny's getting operated on and he's having physical therapy this doesn't happen in a day this is several days if not a week or several weeks that's going on it really doesn't fit within the rest of the pacing of what's going on around in the city of new york and davos so yeah i have a little bit of an issue with the episode because of that However, I found a workaround. We'll get to that in a second. The second episode was titled Citadel on the Edge of Vengeance. Michelle, I'm going to give this to you. What is this in terms of the theme of the episode? Davos has lost it, which, wow, wow, we didn't see that one coming. (laughs) No, we didn't. I mean, I saw that in the episode, but I mean, I think we already thought he lost it. So... I don't know what this episode was really meant to do. I think put him past the point of no return. Oh, definitely. And I think that's probably what it means, like edge of vengeance and stuff. I think the vengeance is Danny's, though. Is is it Danny's or is it Davos or both? Possibly both. I mean, it's on the edge. Colleen makes a point and Danny even admits I'm just after the power of the Iron Fist. Davos is only after the power of having the Iron Fist and killing everybody. So, yeah, it's just all about that. I think, I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. Okay, so now we're going to talk about my workaround because I did disclose it to Michelle before we went on the air. I did not want to catch her cold on this. I did watch the episodes. I have a very busy home project underway. 
and I did take the time to watch these episodes, but I watched them with a caveat. I downloaded an extension to my Chrome browser and I was able to watch them on Netflix at 2x. So I watched them in twice the speed that you're normally supposed to watch them at. And you still understood everything that was going on, didn't you? Yes. Matter of fact, I looked down to the speed a couple of times and I was thinking, wow, I'm actually getting this like normal dialogue. I wonder if I'm really watching it at two. Yes, I am. Oh, my God. I was just because I do show notes and I'm going and I'm looking over and am I going, wait, only five minutes have passed and I'm doing notes a little bit more. And then I do over and it's like, gosh, I'm not even halfway through this episode yet. Now, I will caveat my watching it at 2x on Netflix. There is a lot of creative team on Netflix, directors, producers, writers, that are vehemently against Netflix instituting the same sort of controls that YouTube has in order to change the speed of the show being watched. They've created it at 1x. They expect it to be consumed at 1x. And they go to guns over Netflix considering going to 2X. So that is why Netflix doesn't have 2X is because the creative teams are all saying it's at 1X. In this particular case, it is so slowly paced. And I came up with that morning of the mindstorm even at 2X. It is episode seven and eight on a 10 episode series. We got to get closer to the end result. That penultimate episode is the next thing that we're going to watch. And then the finale episode, I think it was way too much setup and exposition that didn't need to be there in Morning of the Mindstorm. I re- I, and I hate to bash it so much because I know there's a lot of great creative people behind it. I love Steven Surgic. All the things that we looked down on his IMDb credits of directing, I find almost no fault at all and i've highly enjoyed all of his stuff to a point i mean the gifted i had issues with the gift and i know a lot of other people love the gifted but he's done a lot of stuff that i love and this was on characteristic of steven surgic in my opinion and his ability to direct i think he might have been hamstrung by how the series was actually whiteboarded out Uh, Yeah, I mean, you have to realize the director's going off the script. In television, unless you are part of like the executive producer stuff, like on Game of Thrones, a lot of the directors directed multiple episodes and they were actually part of the team. So that's sort of different. Normally in television, it's a writer's medium and directors just come in and in and out. You got the script. You got executive producers telling you what to do. You could only do so much if you're not given enough timber and drywall to build the house. You're not going to have a great house. Good analogy, since I just spent a lot of time this weekend with wood and drywall. Okay, so let's go over the main points of the episode really quickly. Misty is trying to inject herself and was basically told to go home and take care of your own house. You know, get off of leave, take your promotion to captain and get out there. She does do one thing. She finds the copper bowl and she finds the significance of the story, but I don't know if she's going to be in the next two episodes or not. I haven't looked that far forward, but I think she's done for the series. Yeah. I mean, she got some pictures of stuff. Danny was able to read it. I think that moment was meant to be more important than what it was that only would have been it's after the fact we already know what needs to be done but misty being told to go home and that whole idea of the cops just not caring because davos is killing the people that just sends the wrong message it's just like hey killing is okay because you're doing my job for me that's awful that's just that's just awful wave. I didn't really care for that. Right. And the other thing that I was just scratching my head over is we get Mika Prada back. She was the person that was 
uh, blackmailed before about the bowl and basically she's just cowering in fear over joy and doing anything for misty that misty wants because joy has put her in contact i don't know what to think of that there was almost no reason for misty to talk to mika because mika's like a throwaway character at this point other than to get the bowl information ultimately to colleen and danny that whole interaction was head scratching to me yeah i mean they already knew davos had the bowl but they didn't know how to use it so this was the way for them to find it i don't know it it was just a throwaway scene for misty i think i don't know so that's it for misty hopefully we'll see her again i don't know but i think she's done we did find out that Colleen still cares about Bakuda, and that was actually interesting to know. That was a shocker moment. It's tough when you have someone in your life, at first you think they have good intentions, they're a good person, and then you find out they're not. On the surface, you know, I shouldn't care about this person. This person ended up hurting me. But then there's always that part that remembers... But there was a good time when I thought they were good and the relationship was good. I can understand. It's a complicated, they had a complicated relationship and what happened to Colleen during season one and, and such. That's a lot to have your world shattered. And I don't like, after she touched upon that, after she told Danny why she doesn't teach anymore, in that moment when she said, when I cheat someone, when I teach someone, when they go out and they do, and they act a certain way that's on me because that's what I taught them. She takes that very seriously. And Danny is just manipulating her and peer pressuring her, pressuring her to teach again. I really did not care for that. That was a very difficult thing for their relationship. And I do understand that that was something that they wanted to get into. They, meaning the showrunners, wanted to get into us to say that their relationship is now a serious issue whether they continue to be together or not and we see this all the time with these marvel netflix series of people coming together and going apart growing apart and i think that we're in for that now just reading the tea leaves so to speak uh it's kind of interesting since they're both living together in her dojo in a building that he has purchased but i think that they can come to some sort of resolution We'll get to that, their decision into the next episode, because I think it's an interesting decision. So Ward, he is drunk off his rear end because of everything that he's witnessed and seen and everything. Uh, he's got his sister issues. He's got Danny in the hospital sort of thing. So he decides to go out and drink. So his sponsor actually tracks him down and sponsor, lover, whatever you want to call her. And really is trying to connect with him and you're wondering what is going on here and we find out that the reason why she's so trying to help him out is not necessarily because she's a sponsor but because she's pregnant with his kid okay <laughs> i just thought it was interesting ward went to the flower shop tried to buy all these flowers and then just left without them and he just he overhears it yeah i don't know what we're supposed to do with that it's almost a minor storyline, right? Maybe it's the continuation of Rand and the heir apparent, and this was supposed to last 10, 20 seasons or whatever. It was a slow burn, and it's never going to get there because the series has been canceled. So anyway, there was that. And then there was Mary's decision to defer to Walker. And again, I'm not quite sure why we're seeing that other than Mary took control, and then she saw everything going on, and needed walker to come in and take care of things so now we have walker for the rest of the series probably i guess i don't know well we find out in the next episode mary thinks walker got them out of the hole got them out of captivity and we find out in that therapy session walker is i did not do that why does Mary think she did that? And Joy comes and she learns about being protected. So Mary sort of now realizes that Walker 
yes, Walker's dangerous, but Walker's also protector. That's how Mary's reminded of that perception of, you know, Walker. And I liked how she made the video, being able to talk to yourself that way. And it was really good to see Walker actually watch the recording. And that drives her to go see her therapist, uh, the VA. We'll just say it's the VA. I have no idea where it is. Talking about her disorder. And basically, she leaves it at that. She's like, nope, I don't want to do any more treatment. She hears six months. She's like, nope, I'm out of here and just forget I was here. I don't think that the guy is ever going to forget that she is there. Probably has case notes somewhere as a therapist or as a medical personnel. Probably going to do that. But I think for the purposes of this series, it's basically done for and we're never going to hear about it again. I think they really thought they were going to get renewed. And, oh, well, this is in the comic book. She's known as Typhoid Mary. Mm -hmm. And she actually does have a very interesting interactions in the comic books. I don't know all of them offhand, but she does. I'm thinking they were trying to lay the groundwork for her to be part of possibly Team Iron Fist next season. I think that's probably, you know, the hint of a possible third. They use alternate, you know, a third aspect of her, the one that perhaps actually rescued both of them. I think that's supposed to be paid off the following season. That would make sense to me to have that third or fourth or fifth personality that is a main character of Mary herself or Mary Walker. I don't know. Typhoid Mary. We'll just call her. Yeah, that would have been good to learn more about Typhoid Mary. I was interested in the whole training thing from Colleen to Danny. There was the yes sensei moment in the first episode. And then Colleen is telling Danny to think and choose, which I think is very interesting for any of these superheroes in this Defenders universe, because they all need to think before they act. And for Colleen to call Danny out on that and to try to train him to do that, I think in the context of the Defenders universe here on Netflix, I think that was actually pretty good because it's a common character flaw of everybody. Jessica, she tends to think more than anybody else, but the rest of them tend to just charge off with their supernatural abilities and Whatever happens, happens. They're trying to win the fight, not necessarily the strategic war. I liked her teaching. I liked the cage match where she was purposely pushing Danny's buttons. She's right. He needs to learn how to just not punch his way out of things. He needs to learn when to actually fight, when to retreat, when to protect, when to think of others. I really did. I like that cage match. That was a good fight. Cage match was great. It was an epic cage match fight. It was just the two of them in her old cage match. I mean, she found it. Oh, it's been shut down for nine months, yet it still had electricity to run the lights. Okay, fine. But they have this fight, and it's not just a fight to try to kill each other. It is a capture the flag, where they each have three flags on them, and they have to capture I thought that was a neat way to go about a benevolent sparring match, where you're really trying to best each other. So that was cool. The one thing... I did want to take note of is between the two of them, they have some awesome compass skills because they drew a perfect circle with spray paint around the entire mats. They just perfect circle just without any aids or anything. They just started spraying and it was a perfect circle. As somebody who spent the weekend doing a home improvement project, that is some awesome skills to have. There are people out there that can actually draw a perfect circle. And Sarah Michelle Geller is one of them. But that big for an entire cage? Hey, you know, okay, that is a kind of a bit much, but who knows? It's still, you know, perfect circle. Danny stepped out of it, by the way. That's how she got one point. It's true. That is something, but who knows? Maybe she could have done it. Spatial awareness. She was aware of the cage before. Spatial awareness. I know I'm, I'm stretching, but... If you do, there are people who could draw perfect circles. Well, right. I mean, we see it on TV all the time when you're talking about the supernatural, you Constantine or on the CW shows, they always draw a circle when they're, we're doing something and it's a perfect circle. I just, with spray paint on a big mat, that kind of got to me right there, just freehand, (laughs) 
Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I know. Technically, there should have been some wiggles, and it would have it would have still made the scene good because it's an impromptu thing and it's a raw fight going on. They didn't need necessarily need the perfect circle. Right. So one side is shorter than the other side sort of thing. You'd have to be spatially aware of that in order to stay in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. The last thing I want to talk about is, well, second to last thing is the triad meeting at Bayard. So that is our de facto, hey, this is other things that are going on in New York City. This is your universe building moment, whatever. And I just, you talked about it last episode. It's, (laughs) they do a terrible job of trying to incorporate the universe of new york city alone or the borough that they're in alone much less the rest of the world so it's a little bit of okayness and then we move on sort of thing i don't know the last thing i do want to mention is a quote from ward because i loved it because walker was talking to him when he walked into joy's apartment because joy told him to go take care of the apartment so he walks into the apartment and walker is there And she's like, do you want me to pull your teeth out? He's like, no, no, nobody ever wants their teeth pulled out. (laughs) That was just so, I mean, instead of him cowering, like, oh, don't, I'm sorry, don't do this to me. He's like, no, don't do that. Nobody wants that. What are you talking about? I thought that was funny. Uh, That was kind of funny. One of the things we do need to talk about is Davos. At first, you think he's going to be doing a good thing by training these kids, bringing the kids in. But of course, he's having them repeat the mantra that he learned in Kunlong. And then we learned that once you join him, you can't leave his word, his way or the highway or the death way. Joy actually does have a point where she goes, you do need to rebrand yourself. You're just going around killing everyone. And so everyone just sees you as a killer. If you want to be seen as someone who's going to change New York, you need to show them how you're going to change it. And then he just goes up to, um, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm going to be protecting you now. It's going to be for free. And the guy's just like, oh, okay. And then him just saying, I don't want to be a part of, I just want to run my store. I just want to run my restaurant. I don't like Tiger's hat, you know, okay, you are going to protect us. Okay, great. Thank you. And then because he doesn't give like this undying loyalty, because I guess he doesn't drop down to his knees and goes, oh, praise you Davos for saving us and whatever. Davos just decides to, oh, you must be on the side of Tiger's here. Let me punch you through the chest. And then Rhino, who we saw earlier, actually, you know, um, discipline BB because he's actually really buying into you know the whole Davos thing Rhino's just like wait a minute he was innocent and then another one of them just like kills Rhino because really took Davos to heart you kill without hesitation you kill with purpose and without hesitation great so yeah yep I again it's Davos unhinged and we saw it coming. So I just really feel for the restaurant guy because, I mean, who's going to get takeout now? I mean, Davos, he's shooting himself in the foot metaphorically because now the restaurant won't be able to give him takeout. Yeah, that's the upsetting part of this. <laughs> There's a lot bad to it, but I know what I was thinking is, okay, they're going to close the whatever. It's something that we've talked about for the last couple of episodes is Colleen's mystery. And nothing has been done with Colleen's mystery for the last three, four episodes. It's really just been left there. Since they brought it up at the beginning, we're going to see it again. I don't know if it's going to be in the next episode of the finale episode, but we better see it. And if we don't, holy crap. That is something that you need to at least address in the final two episodes and not just leave like Typhoid Mary for the following season. Because right now, the way it is, you can go with Typhoid Mary, but they brought up this whole mystery to clean and they really need to finish it off. It seems as though someone used the box to pay the debt for getting passage from China to the United States. 
that's the only lead because she's cracking the code to the ledger and she's finding out that people are paying off life debts. Okay. But she's got family involved. So that's the whole thing. She can go for more family. And okay. And she brought up her grandfather. Grandfather was mentioned. Okay. She really needs to get back to it. And she didn't want to do the training thing and was kind of forced into it. And yeah, the writers this season, I think they, everyone loves Colleen and Colleen is a great character and the actor is amazing and they wrote her really well. I think they realized that they didn't know how to either write for Danny as well or the performance just wasn't there. The story wasn't there. And they just seemed to this time really plug Colleen in and out whenever they need to do something for Danny. This season is not written very well. The other thing at the very end of the second episode is they make a decision or Danny makes a decision. And I won't say they Danny makes a decision that if they do get the iron fist back, he doesn't want it because he honestly believes that he's not worthy of it because of his history and what he's been using his whole life. And he wants instead to give it to Colleen. Now you see her look on her face. It's not like, Oh yeah, this is going to be great. It's shock. It's, uh, how am I going to address this? She really needs some time to think about it. I hope it is like the first scene that we get to in the next episode, because I really want to see the end result of that conversation, whether or not that's going to happen or not is another thing altogether, but it would be interesting having Colleen as the iron fist. Matter of fact, if Colleen was the iron fist and they went to a season three, that would be an awesome season three, in my opinion. Yes, it would. All right. Is there anything more that you want to talk about these two episodes? Or are you out of rounds? I'm good. I'm just disappointed. This was 10 episodes. You had 10 episodes to tell a story and this is what you're giving us. Yep. Kind of all over the place. Again, I won't necessarily blame the creative teams on these episodes. It's more of the story arc. And you might say it's the showrunner issue. And unfortunately, we've talked about the showrunner a lot with season one and how he had very little time to get something done. Netflix wanted an Iron Fist series before the Defenders. So there's a lot of things wrong with the series. But then they had a chance to step back and move into a more coalesced season two. And perhaps this was her, the showrunner, that this was her attempt to set up like five seasons and a movie sort of thing. And she just had the one season and it gives you, we still have two episodes, but it gives you the importance of sticking the landing throughout a entire season in order to get there and not having this slow, slow, slow burn. Chris Farrell, our co-host on Starling Tribune, he constantly brings up the fact that it took community X amount of years, I forget how long, three years, to set up a Beetlejuice gag. Okay, that was a gag. They still had good episodes along the way to get there. The show wasn't predicated on three years to get a Beetlejuice gag in. So you can do longer burns, but you still need to hit the mark with every single episode. And if you're just doing the long burn, like we're going to have 10 seasons of this, and you take a slower mindset with the season that you have, might not necessarily be the best thing because we're confused and borderline not enjoying it so far. So looking forward to the last two episodes, though. Yes, because it'll be done. (laughs) No, they hope they're good. I really hope they're good. I don't like hate watching things. I'm not one of those people who, oh, this is bad. Let me hate watch it. No, I have very precious time. I actually do. I like watching you know, things from live stream games like on, on Twitch, like whether it's Rivals of Waterdeep or Beyond Heroes or something. I actually do watch those at like 1.5 to 2 speed because it takes something that's three or four hours and it brings it down to like one and a half hour to two hours. I completely get that. So, you know, if you want to watch something quicker, watch something quicker. But I still watch these things because I want to be entertained. I want to watch interesting characters i don't have the time to hate watch anything 
So part of me is just like, I want this to be better because my time is limited. Right. Well, next Sunday, we are going to get the penultimate episode of Iron Fist, season two, episode nine, and the penultimate episode in the series because it's canceled, War Without End, and season two, episode 10, the finale of both the season and the series, A Duel of Iron. We will get that next week. In the meantime, we have exciting Marvel news to talk about. First up, we have Disney's full 2020 film schedule release dates. First is going to be a Disney Plus release of Hamilton. That is the big hit Broadway. They actually filmed a production of it. This is with like Lynn Manuel Miranda and the whole original cast. It's going to be July 3rd on 2020, which makes sense. It's Hamilton, you know, July 4th, presidential all that type of stuff. That's great. Mulan is supposed to come out July 24th. This film that has been five years and it has been five years. There's an article about what the cast of the new mutants have done in the five years since the film's been completed. It's a very interesting read. It's supposed to now come out August 28th of this year. Again, I do not know if this film is real. I will not know if it's real unless it actually is in the theater and people actually see it. I don't, I don't know if it's there. Who knows if people are going to go back to theaters now? I know they're open in some locations, but not all locations. And, you know, with the social distancing aspect of things, I don't know if anybody's going to go back to theaters. I know there's some people that are just flocking into bars and, and stuff like that. So maybe they'll flock to theaters. I don't know. I'm not going to watch anything in the theaters. That's just me. If more people were wearing masks and if I knew people were going to be, you know, clean and not like sneeze all over everything and all that type of stuff. Sure. But you have a bunch of irresponsible people running around. So that's not bolstering my confidence. Yeah. I was in Lowe's this morning picking up some drywall and in the previous days leading up to today, I would say a good 75-80% of the people in Lowe's had masks on today. This morning, there was, I would say, 10% that had masks on. I was wearing a mask. but And of course, the employees are wearing a mask. They're not taking them off yet, so that's good. But just seeing the dichotomy there just in a couple of days where people think, yay, we're going to go. So I only bring that up in context of movie theaters. I don't know what's going to happen with movie theaters. I think actually scheduling the new mutants, for instance, in August is a great idea because I don't know how many people actually want to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, another one, The King's Man, it's supposed to be September 18th. I think that's part of the Kingsman series. And Black Widow, we're sure that movie is real. Black Widow is real. We know that. It's supposed to come out November 6th this time. So if I'm not mistaken, Mulan was actually scheduled to come out like right when the movie theaters were closed. Yes. So that is something that was promoted heavily worldwide. I think it might have actually been released in China at one point. I, I can't remember for sure. So don't quote me on that. But everybody's looking forward to Mulan. Okay. Again, I don't know if people are going to go out to the theaters or not. I know everybody loves Hamilton. That's going to be Disney Plus. Hamilton's on Disney Plus. I'm looking forward to seeing that because I've never seen it before. And Black Widow, I am interested in seeing it. It's coming out November 6th. Maybe we'll know a lot more by November 6th. Or maybe they'll end up pushing it off. Or maybe everything will be fine by that. I don't know. But I am looking forward to the Black Widow. So that will be interesting how I personally handle that. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. That was also being heavily promoted as it was about to come out in May, I believe, was its original release date, and they just couldn't pull the trigger on it. And I completely agree. If you're looking at a major Marvel Cinematic Universe film, even though it was retroactive, you need to not try to put that out in theaters when people cannot watch it. There's a whole interesting thing about how theaters have the exclusivity rights for 90 days for any of these new movies and that how people are getting around that either like through Fandango now or movie theater or movie uh, production houses are just saying, screw it. We're just going to release it to video because you know we have to have some income coming in, that sort of thing. So 
I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this whole thing. It's great that we now have a schedule for Disney's rest of 2020 because they were on fire last year with all of their box office. I think it was the best box office ever on the planet. So they need more money coming in because they have a big juggernaut to feed. Yep. If the theaters don't work out, I think they're going to have to probably really consider, I don't know, either a direct Disney Plus release or a special, like through Disney Plus, you can watch it early if you pay a little extra in order to recoup some of the money. But anyway, better news. We have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news. Patton Oswalt is going to come back. He's going to be returning to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the upcoming final season of the series potentially having a tie to his multiple characters from the rest of the show. Oswalt will appear in an early episode of the final season. It's unknown exactly what role Oswalt will be playing, but given the time-spanning events of the upcoming season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's likely that he'll be playing a member of the Keening family. Is that how they pronounced it? The Keening family? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome seeing Patton Oswalt. Love him on anything he's done. He was even in Justified. I loved him over there. So it's really difficult not to like Pat Oswalt. He does play a certain character, so if you're just not into that kind of serious slash comic relief character, you might not appreciate him as much as we do, but we love him, and it'll be great seeing him there. I was in my garage. I was cutting boards for this home improvement project, and I have a TV out there right now, and I put the Netflix on on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1, Episode 1, so the pilot. And again, so we covered that on episode 200 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., the pilot of rewatching it. And it still is amazing, even to this day, to watch that pilot. And Patton Oswald wasn't part of the pilot, but he was part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for so long. It'll be great seeing him. By the picture, it looks like he's going to be playing like a dad or a grandfather of the Cunning family. And. I just can't wait to see him. It'll be great. And if he has a scene with Agent Carter, that's going to be even better. We want Agent Carter in this so bad. We want it so bad. We want if they Haley- have been keeping this a secret, by the way, it is the best secret ever because even throughout the pandemic and everything, it has remained a secret if Agent Carter is part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. God, that would be amazing. Oh, so amazing. Indeed. Well, we have one more episode of Iron Fist. That'll be next Sunday. And then we're going to switch to our Thursday broadcast time. We'll be talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the rest of the summer on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. So come and join us. We're really looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So why don't we both investigate the best? Netflix speed up technology for our PCs and get on out of here. Exactly. Good idea. Thank you to everybody that's been with us throughout the entire Defenders series. And when we come back from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'll be starting Luke Cage or any off weeks, we'll be starting Luke Cage season two. I know for a fact that is great, so that'll be good to talk about. And if you are a fan of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and any of these Netflix series or any of the Marvel series that are out that we're going to cover, including the Disney Plus stuff, get in touch with me if you want to be a part of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll go through what the requirements are and see if you can be on a future episode of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you to everyone who interacts with us, who downloads and listens to us talk about shows that are two years old we really appreciate it it's only two years old this time only two only two we've done more (laughs) so that's it for this week until next time i'm director sp and i'm agent michelle see everybody next sunday as we discuss the finale of iron fist season two and series bye 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 i miss the boss me too Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. 
You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am okay. How are you? All right. Did you have a good week? Yeah. I'm going to fix my curtain. It's been bugging me for a week and I haven't fixed it. Hold on. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> that is uh, the cause of a uh, $1,000 roof repair and who knows how much the repair of that's going to be. Oh, so you did get your roof fixed? No, not yet. I got the estimate and it's $1,000. So uh, there's been some back and forth with the roofing company. I was unhappy with some of the standard contractual language because they're literally trying to fix one of the things that they usually put in their contractual language that we are not responsible for any damage caused by our installation of this. And actually, I'm, I'm shocked that is even part of their contract because if something fails that they installed, of course, they're going to be liable for it. But I don't know if they're just trying to get away with something or not. Anyway, so they put that in the contract that if the flashing fails, and the flashing is one of the things that they're trying to fix, that uh, they're not responsible. And I was like, okay, um, help me understand how you're going to fix it, but yet you're not responsible for the fix. So just help me understand. Is that just general contractual stuff? And they came back with, no, we struck the two line items in the contract. And you're good to go. So I'm, th- I'm thinking this is a common theme for mm-hmm. these small, small type of, of repairs. So I got to sign it and send them to them so that I can schedule it tomorrow. So yeah, um, that I pushed it to the side to see the damage in the wall when the window guy came over and told me that it was a damage to the, to the roof, most likely that the window was fine, which I was, I was cool with a good Thank goodness windows good, but turned into a rough repair, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, your week was good. Any big things happen? No, which is kind of good. I did learn that pillows make all the difference. I had been waking up with headaches and stuff, and I just, I got myself a new pillow and it was just, it's like, oh, this is what it's like to wake up without a headache. Yeah, I get constant neck soreness for a lot of different reasons that my injury early my back neck injury and everything and uh, I use a therapeutic neck pillow to sleep with and it mitigates that but I need to buy a new one because the foam softens and it basically does nothing after six months to a year it depends on how firm it is when I get it and even though you say you want it firm they sometimes send you a soft one because maybe the batch is soft. I don't know. Anyway, so what kind of pillow did you get? Um, it's this uh, memory foam type of one. Mm-hmm. But it's got, I like it. I just got it. But I sort of like a soft then firm support. And so far, that's what it has. Like I, I was looking at a lot of them and they were like firm, firm, firm. And I don't, I don't like that. I like the little soft and then. And then some give. So, is it shaped like a normal pillow, or is it shaped with neck support in mind? Um, it's only about like it's not like a poofy like regular pillow. It's okay. Yeah. All right. It's a, it's lower, but it doesn't have like one of those hump things. And yep, that's what I need to support my neck. Yeah. So I mean, everybody's different, right? Yeah, I've tried those, but I don't know if it's like uh, my proportions or whatever. It doesn't. It always hits my neck wrong, hmm. and it makes me actually extend too much mm-hmm. back. So, yeah. So I've been doing a yoga in the morning and at night, 
So it, it's just stretch, 10 minute stretch. It's not like an hour long practice or anything. I probably need hour long practice. But one of the things that the morning YouTube yoga video or videos that I watched is an X stretch. So you go over the top of your head with your hand and you pull your ear down to your shoulder and trying to keep a straight back the whole time. I probably twist the crap out of my back or hunch over or whatever, but I had started helping quite a bit and that was good. And I actually ended up getting really sore doing 20 minutes of yoga twice, a, 10 minutes of yoga twice a day. I ended up, I was like, what is going on? Still haven't really figured that out other than my muscles that I was stretching out, like my hips and my neck. And it was just so bad that any attempt mm-hmm. to do therapy on them that rigorous does impact them. So I had to stop for a couple of days, but get back into it. And if, if I mean, the release is amazing that I find because if you ever had really sore muscles and you, you stretch it out and, and your body just automatically wants to take a deep breath in and exhale, that's kind of what happens to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else happened this week? No, which I'm fine with. <laughs> I don't remember what happened during last week. I mean, a lot of things happened, but I just, I don't remember it because this weekend we finally got my daughter's boyfriend to clear out his closet and we started a construction project to remove nine and a quarter inches from his closet and extend the utility room where the furnace is by nine and a half inches so we could actually fit the furnace in there. Yeah, you told me about that. So this project is now consumed my entire weekend. I had to get one of those waste management bagsters to get rid of all the old stuff that I we pulled out because you can't just move the wall. You actually have to demo the wall and then build a new one. So all that demo stuff has to go somewhere. And I just thought the project was going to be a little bit more than the normal garbage can. So I'm like, fine, I'll get a bagster. Who knows how much that will cost? But all the raw materials and then the cost of them coming out, because I got an estimate, them cost coming out and actually moving it was right now oh, about $1,000 for nine and a half inches. Yep. Yay. Mm-hmm. It's the, the project's not done. Uh, we have to drywall and then mud and tape, but the wall is built now. So then I can call the HVAC place back and say, hey, we're ready. So we'll see when they come and do that. So I got the roof. I got that. And I have a bid on a new front door, which we have to close that out. That is $2,500 to begin with. And now we want to upgrade the door, of course. So it's going to be more homeownership. Yay. (laughs) Yep. Oh, and this is the most ironic thing of all. So my little Jeep compass is not big enough to take a four by eight sheet of anything, in this case, drywall. It's just not big enough. I mean, I guess I could put, no, it's not wide enough. I was going to say I could put it and let it hang out, but it's really not wide enough. I have two by fours, eight foot two by fours and two by threes and one by sixes for the frame for the, the one by sixes are just a frame for the access panel that's going to go in now that it's going to be recessed. I put one on the back in the closet and I'm going to put one. Well, one has to be in the front because that's how you're going to get the furnace in and out. Otherwise you're enclosing it in a wall and you got to demo the wall every time you put a new one in or need to service it or anything. And that's just, it, no, that's not going to happen. So I found out one of my friends had bought a car and it, it's a used car in 2005, but it's like, mm, it's big enough. Okay, I'll give him a call. So I called him and I said, Dad, can I borrow the minivan? He got a <laughs> Honda Odyssey, the exact same car that I got rid of. He got one. So, and I knew it could take a four by eight sheet of drywall. So I'm like, okay, Dad, can I borrow the minivan? He's like, yes, yes. Make sure you bring it back full of gas. Like, okay. <laughs> So I felt completely like a dweeb 
Hmm. Borrowing a minivan to go do this. But my other option, honestly, was renting uh, a U-Haul. And I, I just didn't want to do that. So no, uh, not for this project. For a bigger project, it might make sense. But this was literally three sheets of drywall. So I'm like, yeah. Had to borrow a Honda minivan. All righty. Did you perhaps see the season finale of Flash? Nope. I deleted it from my DVR as a series. Wow. Okay. Why? You can't just leave me hanging like that. You can't. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, it 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 wasn't bad. You know, for first of all, they didn't get a chance to finish the season, and at the end, they said to be continued. But I just came to the conclusion that it's just not for me. I'm expecting a higher level of television for the amount of time I have available to watch television. This isn't it. It's not like it's bad. I mean, if I was a teenager, this would be great, right? But it's just not something that I want to do. So how they left Iris was always going to be an issue this entire season. And how they left Iris, I was like, huh. So there was that. And then there's just the general of the CW universe. I'm just not feeling it. I think the Alice storyline has gone on way too long in Batwoman. I think, I don't think Supergirl knows what the heck they're going to do. And then, well, I saw that Melissa Benoist is pregnant. So, okay, maybe that had a little bit to do with everything going on. But, and then Legends of Tomorrow, it's just fun and popcorn, but it's starting to lose its luster even with that. I don't know. Have you watched it? Legends, I've tried. I called a little bit, and it's like Zari still not remembering everything. And then I read about the socialite. Yeah, then I read about what's going to be going on next year, and about how Zari and her brother are still going to be there. And it's just I don't. So Zari knows about her past self now. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, it it's like um alternate dimension self that she can go into the astral plane and talk to but that's not the zari that we have on tv and i don't think it ever will be i think the intent is to stick with the socialite which yeah yeah the other thing that's fun is mix a daddy now and that's kind of fun to watch but i think they're struggling to find mixed place and then everything else. So that's ugh. what else is there? There's I'm missing one. Uh, Black Lightning. I just they got out of the whole quarantine thing, for lack of a better term. I know it wasn't quarantine; it was something else. And then they went right back into it. I'm like, no, I'm out. So yeah, from all that, I'm I'm just gonna delete the series once the series finales come. I'm just gonna delete them from my DVR. I was hoping for a better crossover next year and. It doesn't look like we're going to get one. So, like, uh, this is not I know. not worth my time at this point. I know, and I'm into so much other things. It's like, do I get involved in this or watch that? And I'm just like, I want to get involved in this. I want to watch these things instead. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering if you caught caught it and, and what you thought about it. And, I mean, I, I definitely have my opinion. And I realize it's my opinion, and I definitely realize that other people have other opinions and go for it, so to speak. So, all right. I do have a confession before we start this. Are you ready for my confession? Uh huh. I did watch the episodes. That's not the confession part. But I downloaded a Chrome extension and I watched them at 2x. Oh, oh, we're going to have to talk about that. That's fine. So one, one, I literally didn't have time because I've got this wall project going on Mm -hmm. and I had an hour because I overslept because I had been working so hard yesterday. So I had an hour. So I was like, I need to get these in. How am I going to get them in? So, and I knew that there were extensions on Chrome that could speed up Netflix. So that was one. Two, after I got into it, totally glad I did. So we could talk about that on the show, but. Yep. Because whenever you want to start and get these. <laughs> want to get these All right, done. let's, let's do it. <laughs> it's not like, like, I like doing a show with you, but it's just like, 
oh, I just want to get talking about Iron Fist done. <laughs> yeah, let's get that done and let's talk about the news. That'll be yeah. That'll be the big part of it. Okay, are you recording? Okay, I am recording now. All right. I am recording too, and I'm going to try the soundboard. <gasps> did you hear that? Yes, I did. I don't know if I've played this one yet. It's okay. Do it. <laughs> I did not know you had that one. <laughs> that was from 325. I, I know. So I was editing. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good one for the soundboard. So I'm going to put that on there. I might use it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll see. Okay, are you recording? Okay, I am recording now. All right. I am recording too, and I'm going to try the soundboard. <gasps> did you hear that? Yes, I did. I don't know if I've played this one yet. It's okay. Do it. I did not know you had that one. That was from 325. I, I know. So I was editing. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's a good one for the soundboard. So I'm going to put that on there. I might use it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll see. By the way, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the pilot, having Daisy on board the bus, the scene Totally reminded me of, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the pilot episode of Stargate SG-1 where Carter goes off in the conference room. I don't know if you remember that or not. No. Have you seen it? Did you watch the series? Not all of it. Only parts. So the pilot episode was very interesting because they were trying to bridge over. First of all, it was showtime. So it was. I probably didn't see. No, I don't think. I think I've maybe caught a couple of them, but because of like. I didn't have access to it, so I haven't really watched a lot of it. I came back to it and, and watched it once it... Uh, I watched the back episodes on Sci-Fi, because they got the rebroadcast rights, and that's how I got And then I bought all the DVDs, and then I watched all the DVDs all the way through to make sure I got it. So I can understand why you didn't. We're roughly the same age, and yeah, it wasn't really accessible since it was on Showtime. Anyway, the, the first episode it suffered a lot of the same issues that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did because you took something that was in a, a film adaptation and you were throwing it on TV, Showtime, TV, whatever. And they really, and they interjected new characters, much like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Man, I really should make this analogy at some point. So they had the scene with Agent Carter, or Agent Colonel, Captain Carter at the time, where she was uh, going off about her ability to serve in the role, given the fact that she was not male and used a lot of, she used uh, uh, reproductive organs on the inside versus the outside and stuff like that. And in retrospect, Amanda Tapping, she talks about it all the time. She's like, yeah, if I had one scene to redo ever, it would be that scene. Because if you ever watch, if you watch the later parts of Stargate SG-1, she is a totally different character right then and she is at the end and daniel jackson is too so anyway it was one thing that i noticed is watching daisy in the bus was so much like amanda tapping was on sg1 it, and it's not her fault it's not chloe bennett's fault because she didn't know where the character was going to go they didn't tell her until a couple of weeks before it happened you know so she didn't know anyway Oh, they didn't tell her she was Quake at the beginning? Oh, no. No, she didn't find oh, out wow. that until like two weeks before they were going to shoot the episode. They had to give her the script. And they said, oh, okay. wow. And so they brought, yeah, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. producers do, or showrunners did this all the time. You would get a call, and that usually meant that you were going to die. Ward got the call, and he, or Brett Dalton, and they told him, congrats, you're Hydra. Quake got the call. And she said, Chloe Bennett got the call and they said, congratulations, you're Quake. So it wasn't all bad, but because Ward going over to Hydra, that was as much as I hated it. That was a brilliant <sighs> writing move, you know. And 
It was very interesting. I caught this one line of dialogue. Brett Dalton says something about, because he really hated being part of this team. It was not him at all. And at the time, his character would have known, not Brett Dalton, but his character would have known he was a Hydra. So he just wanted to try everything not to be on this team. And he mentioned something about Christmas. And I just, yeah, you eventually did a Hallmark Christmas movie there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Michelle, happy National Walnut Day. Great. Walnuts are good. That's what I thought, too. And I was just going to pass this one by. But as it turns out, the Walnut... The Walmart, the Walnut Marketing Board created the first National Walnut Day in June of 1949 to promote the consumption of walnuts. Production of it. This is with like Lynn Manuel Miranda and the whole original cast. It's going to be July 3rd on 2020, which makes sense. It's Hamilton, you know, July 4th, presidential, all that type of stuff. That's great. Uh, Maloon, Maloon. <laughs> that's wrong. That's so wrong. I'm so sorry. Mulan is supposed to come out July 24th. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.